He's like, I rock up to a new client's house, and then they're going. You can see it. You hear it before the door even opens. Sit. Come on, buddy. Sit, 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 sit. And they're like, all right, come in. And they're holding the dog by the collar and freaking out. There's no point giving any command. If you know your dog's not going to do it under that sort of um, pressure, then just like pressure in terms of the excitement of someone coming, just don't even give the command. But you can use your bed command where we got to open the door and go, I'm not opening the door, man, until the dog's on the bed. So just wait for me. I'm like, that's no problem. We tell the dog to bed. They go into the bed. We open the door. We come in. I can teach that to people but i just i teach that a little bit different i just teach the dog give me some space when i'm opening the door and don't run past a certain line or a buffer zone around the door but um but the bed is a lot more clearer for the owner and for the dog welcome to life with your dog podcast our focus is educating dog owners enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train manage live and thrive with our dogs to teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're on. Cool. Well, welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Here we are, our first recording session for the new year. Yeah, welcome to 2020, everyone. That's it, the new decade. Yeah. What's going on? Been pretty busy, lots of new work coming in, which is good. After a couple of weeks off over the Christmas break, things kind of just a bit of a slower start to the year, like mm. busy, but slower in terms of getting those new clients back through. And yeah, it's good. And you know, Leonardo's doing good, yeah, got a new vehicle, yeah, new new office, yeah. So, shout out to office. Mitsubishi Tridents, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels good, it's good to get into the new car and. Start of the new year, it's kind of mm. symbolic, I guess, in a way. Um, I've locked in my NDTF course. How exciting. I start at the end of April. Cool so stuff. So, pretty much by the end of the year, I'll be done. And be a then, qualified dog trainer. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and with your help, I have now um, should be um, starting down at the volunteering at the Sutherland Shelter yes. pretty, in the next few weeks on the weekends there. So, time to get some hands on. So good. Yeah, and thanks go, for that. No, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Yep. And- um, we get you into a few more of our sessions as well and start learning the ropes and yeah, we'll take on the world one dog at a time. It's amazing how far um, we've come in like six months. <laughs> six months ago, you were on our podcast yeah. and then now we've done all this stuff. So, it's good. Yeah, it's cool good, stuff. Good pace. Yeah, very exciting. Today's topic, the three, I'm going to say the most important commands, but let's say three important commands. Yeah, I've heard you say, um, and you did give me this um, topic prior to today and I've heard you, you call these the three most important and I think it's interesting because obviously not every trainer probably has these as the three most important. I only mention that because um, just as, a, as an aside, I was watching um, some of Larry Crone's stuff and I think for him, I can't remember what his three were but one of them was definitely the out command, like to drop yeah. it or to leave it. The leave, leave it command. It. Yeah, yes. leave it command. So, if he's like running towards a ball or whatever, he says leave it and well, the dog leaves yeah. it. Yeah, and it's like- I mean, with the ones that we're going to do today, they're mostly a lot of it's to do with safety. And so, with him, leave it. It's like, man, there's people out there that are baiting dogs. It happened a few months ago in Rosebury. They leave poison stuff on the poison. You know, it looks like food to the dog on the ground. So, yeah, that's a very that important command. Yeah. I mean, look, well. I, I do believe the leave it's really important. The things that we're going to talk about today, we can use them indirectly in, in the same fashion. Yeah. And I still do teach the leave it command, and I do think it's really important. That's why I'm not going to say they're the most important, because I think there's heaps of very important commands. But the important commands that we're going to discuss today is the down, 
the bed command, and then the recall. Yeah. So if we can get those, if everyone can have those three commands with their dog, and if that's like a bare minimum, then we're doing pretty good. Foundation. Good foundations. Yep. And you can never work enough foundations, and that's just across the board with anything that mm. we do. So we'll start off by talking about the down command. So when I say down, down means you know drop. And a few reasons why. If I could choose between a sit and a down, I would choose the down. Even though I do like the sit and I use a sit a lot with all the dogs that we practice, when yep. you get to the light, you tell them to sit. You won't tell them the down. It's a lot more effort for them and it's just easier, more convenient. But the down is good because you want to hold a longer – if you want a dog to stay in the position for a longer period of time, then a down's probably more comfortable and more reliable. Yeah. Whereas sit, they can break position a little bit easier. But also, you know, when, I, when I'm using spades, for example, at work and I'm, we're working with a reactive dog and he needs to stay there – I'm going to tell him to down because he may need to be there for 10 minutes. Yeah. And holding a sit for 10 minutes yeah. may suck to him. Like the other week, he held it down for probably half an hour while yeah. in the shade while we were working. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> when you say um, down and sit as well, I laugh that Larry Crone thing again. He goes, he's so funny. He's got that Southern American accent. He goes, please don't call me and tell me that um, you taught your dog to sit because he's like, your dog knows how to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, and this is this is the thing as well is that most clients that I go to, the dog knows sit. I yeah. don't ever really have to teach a sit. No one um, had to teach you how to sit yeah. or teach me how to well, sit Well, it's down. actually funny. I was um, – we were teaching Leonardo because, like, he would – I'd put it – Leonardo's my child. So, so I put him in – like, I'd sit him on the mat, on the mat mm. and he'd always fall over. And, and I read something or heard something that they say put padding around and put him, like, in a sit. And then every time he would fall over, just pick him up, fall over. And, and I didn't do it because I thought I don't want to – keep letting him like fall over yeah but then it made sense after time like now you know what i actually want him to hold this sit command right this sit position so i put him there and i just were on the grass on a, on a picnic blanket and he just kept on falling over for like you know 10 times and then because before that the longest he did it was like for 10 seconds and then he would like lose his balance and I'd, um and then now he can like sit for like 10 minutes playing with his toys and stuff. Yeah, nice one. Um, Did you mark and, on reward? <laughs> we gave him his toys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it was it was, it was, it was hilarious because someone asked me, how's Leonardo? I'm like, oh, I'm teaching him how to sit. And I'm like, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not training my child. We're just trying to yeah. guide him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so with the down. So a down is good because it gives him a more fixed position. And also, as I said before, it becomes more reliable. Like when the dog's sitting... They, I feel that they, they're a little bit more alert and want to break position. Mm. Where in the down, they know that it's a little bit more of a, like a stable. Like you said, command. it's probably a bit more comfortable for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, if every road you go to, you keep on telling them to down. I was thinking about this last night is that if you keep doing, like maybe it's doing some strength with them too. Like imagine how many times you have to, you want to wait for someone and you went to a squat, like you're strengthening your legs. So you wouldn't want, like with spades, I wouldn't tell him to down every time I'm going to walk through the, the car or whatever, like, out the doorway or etc., but that down is really reliable. So I really – and also another thing, so for example, in talking about safety, and we'll revisit this when we talk about the recall, but it, let's just say you have a good down, your down command is something that you can say verbally without using gestures and the dog will go into a position. The good thing about it is that if he was to – let's just say your dog runs across the road, you would like – you wouldn't want to call him back to you, so you just tell him to down. He holds that down. We go to him, we get him, and we retrieve him right. back. So Puts him in a safe position while you go and retrieve him. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's it's one of the basic commands, but a, 
for puppies or for younger dogs that haven't learned it, it's a little bit more difficult for them to learn. So it's probably another reason why like it's not a difficult command. Yeah. But compared to the sit, it's more difficult. And some people struggle how to lure the dog into a down because some dogs just don't understand it. So there's many ways of luring a dog in, into a down command. But I, I do um I do think that that's something that everyone should be practicing because clients all the time, like we'll be practicing the down. They're like, when will I use this? Like, what's the point? Well, when you go to the coffee shop, I always use a coffee shop as the example because I guess but it's, it's- a. I mean, it's an everyday example. It's an everyday example. And it's an everyday example with your dog. Like how, okay, if you're an average pet owner, how many situations are you in that you have your dog? I mean, like you go to the park, you go for a walk and stuff like that. But if you're in a, you can't take it into Westfield most of the time. Yeah. Unless it's a guide dog. Um, Actually, I took spades and nookie into the Westfield. Yeah, I meant to, take- to ask you that. I thought about that after the podcast. I was like- Hang on, how'd you, how they let you just take him in? Because we we because um, we're doing Santa photos oh. and we're all um, and there was a special time slot to take the dogs, so we oh took they a- they said people with dogs can come yeah. at this time. So we met out the front you know where that big fig tree is. Yes, and so we met there and then they go all right, we go in and there's like a line of us with their dogs walking into the middle of Westfield to take the Santa photos. Right, and um and we took the photo and I thought we need to go grab a couple of groceries, so I just. Just walk the dogs in Westfield. Obviously, they won't like you know they're yeah. not going to make a mess or anything, yeah, sure. and they'll no very, one said uh, anything. Uh, well, the the cleaners are like, oh, you know, all our dogs here. I'm like, well, we just did the Santa photos and You're we're like, just leaving. It's a service dog, fuck off. Yeah, and it was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, it was um it was really cool to, to see them in there. Yeah. But and um anyway, so the coffee the shop, coffee shop yep. example is good because it is a place where first of all there's lots of people. Yeah, it's a confined space. Yeah. It's buzzing and it's also somewhere where you're not going to be sitting for like five seconds. It's somewhere where you're going to be sitting for at least 10 minutes, maybe yeah. even half an hour. And also the chance of other dogs coming along is very, very high. Exactly. Right. So, so like you said, if it's if they're in a down, it's harder for them to or less likely for them to break position um, Yeah. when another dog comes. True. As opposed to being sat up. Well, like think about it. So, all right. So, we're in. let's say this is the coffee shop here and I tell my dogs to down. And I want them to be there for the time that I'm enjoying other people's company. And they're out of the way when when they're in a down. Because you can, if your dog's a little bit more nervous or smaller, you can have them up underneath the table or underneath your chair. So it kind of makes them feel more protected and you've got better control. One thing that we would do, especially when the dog's just learning, like I don't have to do it with my dogs. Yeah. My dogs that are just learning is that we do the down and, of course, have food so you can reinforce the dog's behavior. But then when the dog's on the collar, you step on that lead as close as close to the collar as possible without having tension on the whole time. So then from there, while I'm talking and we're hanging out, the dog gets distracted or wants to walk up to a person or a dog. They get up. My foot's already on that lead. So then as soon as they get up, they feel this, the, the pressure. They go back down and the pressure gets relieved. That negative yep. reinforcement um, implies to them that, well, you've got to stay Hold there. Position. Breaking position makes it uncomfortable. Holding position is good. And if you can layer up with more food just to encourage them to stay there. So I think that becomes really handy in in that scenario. So where so, with the sit, you can put your foot on the lead, but they get up and then they swing around and then they're knocking sure. over other people's chairs. Because you've got that stuff. distance from the, say, your foot's on the leash from there to the dog's neck is a distance. For the sit? Yeah, because they're yeah. sitting up. And then when they go to move, they start to like pivot and swing around and then we've got this like yeah. tug of war sort of thing happening. Where with the down, it's a little bit more mm. fixed and structured. Yeah. And you do see them, I think, like you do see them in a different mental state in the down. Like think about it, if you were sitting or laying down, it's a different mindset. Mm. Like what does that mean? And then when people say, my dog doesn't know how to down, your dog downs to go to sleep and to rest. 
dogs rarely just when they're comfortable, like when they want to get comfortable, they go into a sit. Mm. Like there, there will be some dogs that'll be walking through the park with other dogs and they'll sit to like have a look around. Mm. But if they're going to go into a more submissive position, the down is the place to be. So it is actually probably more comfortable for the dog. I think so. Yeah. Unless you're like doing down, 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 then they have to keep on. Like you can see that more with spades. He's nine years old now. So from the down and getting up, like he's he's no spring chicken. Like yeah, if he was three, he'd just bounce that. up. Yeah. But now he kind he of- sort of has to shift his weight yeah. to get up. Yeah. Unless he's in that sphinx down. So when he's like downing with like the legs are, are symmetrical, then when he gets up, he just lifts himself up. Yeah. But because sometimes he gets lazy and wants to get more comfortable, he then leans on the hip, yeah. which I don't think that's very good for him. <laughs> but- he like, doesn't know that. But and again, when we're at work, like when we were doing that session, like he didn't just hold this down because I'm a little bit more more lax with him. And if it's something of a duration of 20 minutes, mm. then you'll see after uh, over time he'll just go onto the side and basically go to sleep, which I'm happy for him to do it. But yeah. when it comes to like more younger dogs, they're not going to go to sleep in such an in, in, enriching environment. Or for example, if you want to run into Coles or to the shop or get your coffee, you back tie your dog and you tell him down. And then, then you're practicing a command. So obviously you should practice your back tie. And, and if that's you're gonna- just tying the dog to a fixed object. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or tethering is tethering, yep. popular word. So, okay, so what's a, so like, um, you know, the last episode we released was phases of um, training and, mm-hmm. and reinforcement. So when you're trying to teach or the, in the learning phase of the down, what's a, what's a good way to start teaching it? So I always start with trying luring. to do my luring. Yeah. And with luring, so there's a few ways. I'm going to do some gestures so the camera can see me. And, um, you get the food and I normally, if I can lure the dog from a stand into the down, I'll do that. I prefer that. I just release a video. And by the time you listen to this, you have to go back. But it was like, the title was like German Shepherd obedience training or obedience training for German Shepherd. So Nutris Pictures YouTube? Yeah. Nutris yeah. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. So I, um, okay. So I'll talk about it. Then I'll refer back to that video. So we don't want to always, like, if you have to start the sit, like starting to a sit to go into the down, I find it a little bit easier for the dog, especially when they don't understand it from the sit. Their bum's already on the ground, so you just want to lure them down yeah. so then their elbows touch the ground. Yeah. Where um, if you start from the stand and then you start to like lure downwards and you normally lure 45 degrees towards their paws, they may go into a play bowl or they may like hit, get right. their shoulder into the ground, so they may start doing odd so behaviors. sitting, the back half's already there. You're already halfway there, yeah. exactly. But then the problem is when people do sitting down, sitting down, sitting down. And in that video, um, it was hilarious. And, um, the guy's name was Luke. And I watched the video again just before I put it up and I had to, had to laugh. So he's, um, he's walking his dog and the German ship is awesome. Her name's Chloe. She's an awesome dog. So he goes, he tells her to sit and then she automatically goes into the down. As soon as she downs, he says yes. And then his face is like, no, no, no. And he's getting the food out to give to her. And I thought it was hilarious the way that he realized that he told her to sit, but she downed and his reaction was just to mark it. Mm. And then he's like, now I've marked it. I have to reward it. Yeah. But he remarked the wrong. wrong. And his face was hilarious. And that's good. I love that. Mm. Because now he realizes what he's done. So at least he's on a learning progress as well. And he's also- respecting the consistency of marking yes and he doesn't reward every behavior like in that video he so then we fix that by and i explained the whole thing of yeah we do do sit and then down mm. sitting down but then the problem with that is that it chains on and then what happened the was the dog's doing what it no, what it thinks you want or what it knows in order to get that reward for sure and then you said before that the dog most dogs know how to sit so then if we want to strengthen the down we naturally do more down mm. and then we probably stop rewarding the sit so we need to kind of even that out 
So then I'm like, it's all right. You made a mistake and we got on video. It's good for everyone to see it because training isn't always a perfect thing. No. It's a, the point of it is to make the mistakes so we can fix them and we can learn from it. Excuse me. So I just go, just release her, come back, and then tell her to sit. He, he, she sits when he said sit, he rewarded it. Then I'm like, do the down, don't reward the down, but then tell her to go back into a sit and then reward that. Then go back out and then do your down and then start to like change the pattern a little so the dog's relying on the command, not relying on what they expect to happen. And But if we can teach the – and then once – so let's just say we do sit, so we lure the dog into a sit and then we lure him to a down start marking the down. Then what I would do is go, okay, cool, the dog knows the down. Let's start doing the down from the stand just so then we can separate sits and down. You don't want the dog to always connect the two. That's right. In its head. Exactly. Yeah. And then you kind of lose your sit. Yeah. And um, you want to make sure there's two distinct commands. That's right. And that's why if you can go from the down into the sit, that's where people struggle. They struggle when the dog knows sit. The dog also knows down. Some dogs- But the dog knows sit from stand, not not necessarily sit from down. From down, yeah. yeah. And it's probably more awkward for them. They go, I don't know how to do that. So, they stand up and you tell them to sit and then it gets messy. So, from the down, you teach to sit. So, then you may need to go back a couple steps and lure him in just to show him that this is a new picture. Sit, reward it. You could also use the pressure of the lead. So, you put a bit of pressure on the collar. You can, in conjunction with some luring. So, sit, release pressure, reward. Down, sit, down, sit, sit, down. And then we start then mixing it all up. Um, so, that's how we, like, in a nutshell, how to teach the down where we lure the dog in, into the position. And remember, down means bum and both elbows yep. are touching the ground, not like that half squat or like sure. their elbows are up. So, And that way there, we want to make sure that the dog's committed to the behavior. And um, and as I said before, we want to be able to get it to a point where you just say down and the dog lays down rather than having to use your lure or use your gesture. But if you, again, pet dogs, if you have to like point a little bit to the ground and say down, like I'm happy with that. Mm. It's not the end of the world. But the ultimate goal, again, is uh, a lot of these are around safety, like you said. So, if the dog's bolted across the road and you say you want to be able – eventually, you want to be able to say down from – That would be ideal. That would yeah. be so good. Yeah. And I do that with spades. So, I practice. So, I start running and we're playing a game. And as I'm running, like while I'm in flow, I get I say down and heel down yeah. while I continue my flow. That's hard, harder. And you should practice this. So, in motion, the dog learns to hold it down. And then you can either release and continue the game or reward. Or even if your dog likes to tug or the ball, then you start doing that. And that kind of, as I said before, intertwines with that leave it command. And where leave it's a bit more um, specific. The dog's coming to touch the phone. And I say, oh, whatever's on the ground, I'm using the phone here. Yeah. <laughs> so, he goes towards it. We say leave it and then he leaves it. Basically, when I say leave it is don't touch it, focus on me. Then we can either say, come back to me or get the ball or whatever it is. But, um, and we talked about leave it on a couple of episodes ago on the Q and A. So you can talk, you can listen to that to yeah. see how I teach the leave it. And then you can take it to another point where like now I, it's become an indirect, I mean, I'm an informal command for my dogs because I haven't properly trained it and drilled it. Well, like Nookie went to go touch them and like, leave it. And then she like walked away from it. So that's good. But if I see Nookie leave, running up towards a kid, and I've got her on the long lead, but the child's a little bit scared, but she likes um, children. I'll just call her to come and she comes back to me. Right. Or I'll go, Nookie, she'll look at me down and then she'll down. So I've got that in a different way. Yeah. And and that way there it's easier for people to practice because you're going to use your down, you're going to use your come, but now we want to put it under these pressures. So as you said um, a few episodes ago, um, your commands are durational. So yeah. with down, how do we go from teaching the down and then – getting to a point where the the down is 
is much longer. Reliable. Yeah. Well, look, so I don't teach the word stay. So when we teach to sit, the down, and the bed, in the way that I teach it, sit is stay, down is stay, and the bed is a stay. So if I have to say the word stay. Hang on one sec. Little technical issue there. We're back. Uh, um, so, yeah, so um, we want to we want to go from teaching the down to a point where the down is of a du- of a desired sure. duration. Yeah. So then, when you're teaching the down, right from the beginning, you can start incorporating that release command. So we've got the food. We do down. The dog downs. We reward it. When we say okay or whatever your release. release command is, we say okay. The dog breaks like gets out of position, and then we reward intermittently with that release command. So then, now the release. The problem is, is that. Actually, the same same dog that the um the German Shepherd. We were doing another training session. We we teach the bed, went onto the bed, and then we're like, okay. And the dog's like, why well, get out of position? You're gonna keep rewarding me for being in the bed. Where, and that's cool. I get it. I respect it. She wants to stay there because she's gonna get rewarded. She's learning what that means. But then also, release should mean I need you to get out of position. So we just I just reminded them that you should be intermittently re- re- reinforcing. Yeah, that release command. Yeah, sometimes a release command on its own is reinforcing. Like the dog doesn't want to stay down, wants to continue walking. So saying okay is the break. Sure, but then again, so a lot of other trainers would use all of their markers are releases. But for me, I do that a little bit different. It's when it comes to food. If I was to do it with the ball, then I have a different marker, which is a release and a reward simultaneously. So we do the down. Move the hand away, reward, move the hand away, reward, keep rewarding, even start standing up, reward while the dog holds a position. So, you're testing, um, you're testing at what point the dog will break the down. Yeah, I, I, not, not testing. I just wanted to learn that when I do the down, because this is what ha- normally happens with the down is that people will lure them with the food, they do down, they reward, they move their hand away or they stand up and the dog gets up. Right, so that's then, what I mean. So, you're yeah. trying to- be able to move and still have the dog hold the position. Yeah, I wanted to see the picture of down is you stay there regardless of my until positioning I until I give that yep. release. So then we start off by doing down, reward, move the hand, keep rewarding for moving the hand away from her. The longer you stay in the down, the more food she gets. And then we say, okay, we walk. Then from there we do down, we stand up, we reward. Remember, only say the word down when the dog does the behavior 10 times out of 10. Don't name it till you love it. That's right. So we do the down, move the hand, reward, stand up, reward, take a step, reward, and then obviously not. That's not in just one session. You start gradually going closer to your to the behavior that you want. And remember, if I have to say stay, whether that's in the sit or the down, then what does sit or down mean? So let's just say it's a sit stay. We say sit, and then some people say stay, and then they walk away. Right. Then they say okay. Whereas yours is durational. Sit means sit. Sit sit. There is no down stay. is down. That's right. Yeah. And um, because if you have to say stay, then what does sit mean? Sure. Does sit mean sit for two seconds and get up whenever yeah. you want? So that is the position to stay. We just go back to the whole not naming it before you love it thing, right? So let's say you're teaching the dog down. Mm-hmm. So you're not saying down at all while you're luring or anything like that. No. You, you, so let's say you get the dog to go up and down 10 times and then the 10th time it looks good, then you would say- so down. I want I only will say the word down when I have the food and I lure it to the ground and the dog understands that picture and the dog then commits elbows and bum on the You're ground. You're happy with how that looks. Yeah. So ten out of ten. It. So let's just say over two days, um, we're training and you in one session you may get six repetitions and let's say six of those were great, were great. Then then a couple yeah, of hours later you come back again and then you go and then but they're not like 
three of them in, it does something weird and breaks position. All right, we start that tally back to one. So it doesn't have to be in one sitting, like okay. one training session. It's like you see it over the next day. And you know, mm. you point to the ground, the dog lays down straight away, cool. Then we say down, then move the hand and then reward it. Through classical conditioning, the new signal should come before the known signal. So we say down, then lure, market, reward. And then over time, that's when the down takes on the power of the lure. And then and there's other ways of then fading away your your luring hand or your gesture to just say the word down. But that's probably a topic for an actual training session or maybe yeah. like a video or something. Yeah. But, um, and then yeah, just always making sure that whenever you put them into a durational command or position, you should be then releasing them out of position. I think that's the best, um, best form of practice. Or then you take away what, what is the reason for them to sit or to down to hold that position. Mm. So that release command is good. And then of course, and from standing up, then you start taking steps away, walk around them, step over them. And you can see that in that video. So go check that out. And again, all these words are just. As in, it's always one word for one command, but the word itself is arbitrary, right? Like some people say, for you, it's okay to, re- you say, okay, which mm-hmm. means a release. Mm-hmm. Some people, I think Larry Crone says free dog. Yep. You know, but just pick one. Whatever word you like. Yeah. You can, oh, I had a client that his, um, his dog had to be, he wanted to train the dog all in Turkish words. Yeah. So right. then I just had to learn all the Turkish words and use them. And at the beginning of every session, I'm like running through them because <laughs> like obviously habit, right? I'm like. I think sit was always sit, yeah. but down was other words. I'm not going to try to pretend <laughs> that I remember now. Um, but it works. A sound is a sound that your face makes. Mm. Like a word is a sound. It doesn't matter what sound it is. I remember when I was at Ramic Race Course and the um, the army guys came in with their bomb dogs and I was watching watching them do their training and the guys were talking to the dogs in like this gibberish language. Like, different sound had yeah. a different command. And they obviously they had like live explosive hanging around the property and then they were – teaching the dogs, and I'm assuming they did that so then other people couldn't give the dog a command. Yeah, that's interesting. I was listening to um, one of the um, Canine Paradigm episodes, and, and actually this is somewhat connected to the Q&A you just recorded about your friends uh, not having a bad influence on your dog. Mm-hmm. And Pat was saying like, he goes, look, my dog's not your trick monkey. Yeah. You know, your prank monkey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's actually not a bad idea to have commands in a foreign language because then sure. you don't have your friends going sit roll over do yeah. this do that you know what i mean well if any dog trainers are listening to this i've now learned the hard way that i spades now knows in context of being at work like i tell him downhill down i don't tell a random dog down and he downs actually i think that does happen sometimes too but i have to say okay twice to him in situations of that training when i'm not at training like with clients and it's just a normal ordinary walk for me i say okay once you break but because he's heard me say okay to the other to dog. the other dog so many times the that I have to say dog. okay right. okay or uh, now I have to now I'm just saying like let's go I've changed his release command for him yeah for him because so now I learn when I'm going to raise a new dog is that all commands will be completely different and separate to what I'm teaching because now I'm right. in habit right I'm saying yes I'm saying sits and down and calm like all the words are the the same for all my clients right but even my marker for nookie in the ball I tell other clients who use bang. For some reason. So now when I've got Nookie at a session with me and the other dog wants a ball, I say, bang, they both run for it. And right. I don't want that. I'd rather have a specific marker for her. So do you think you'd even have to separate it for like sit as well? Not necessarily. Like you could. Like I could separate it's it. It's probably but getting a bit yeah, like, look, complicated. But You, you could. I, I'd say sit isn't too bad if you, as I said before, if you, if you kind of like weaken that sit a little bit. Again, pet dogs, like yeah, for sure. my dog, it's not like he knows it when I say sit. But most of the time, to be honest, I'd, I'll tell him to sit more rarely. If I need him to be somewhere, I just tell him to down. So, 
So a little bit about the down. The next one would teach the bed command. That's the or best place or place. Yeah, people call it a lot. A, it's commonly called place. Yeah, yeah, and like the technical word, we call they call it a placement command. So they're sending the dog to a particular to, spot to their place. So whether it's a dog bed or a marker board or whether it's um. Uh, whatever it is. A blanket, anything. So, for my dogs, I teach the word as bed, and I originally teach them with their actual bed, mm. but then I generalize it to a towel or a blanket. Yeah, like when or- they're, they're not here today, but when they're here and we're recording, yeah. the bed command means lie on the pillows that we've got here, the cushions. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, we'll go from the beginning, then I'll explain the variations of it and then why, why I think it's important. So- we get, I know we've talked about this before. Get the treat. You lure the dog onto the bed. As soon as all four paws touch the bed, I say bed and reward. Now, I know we're going against what I just said before about don't name it until you it. love it because I've kind of like you can't like if he's got all four paws on the bed, he's on the bed. By definition, he's on. Yeah. He's done it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, there's difference. Like when I'm trying to lure the down, it's a little bit different than it's when I'm more, doing. It's more of a technical command. Yeah. As like you it, want the dog to look a certain way or. His bum must touch the floor, did it like that yeah. kind of stuff. Whereas Look, bed means four you could paws. actually do the 10 out of 10, just lure the dog on the bed. As soon as all four mm. paws touch the bed, you say yes and reward. Yeah. But again, I'm trying to make it easy for my clients as well. So I don't want to make it too, too technical, then yeah. they probably won't do it. So what I've been doing anyway is I say bed, they go onto their bed, yes and reward. Lure them on, all four paws touch, say bed, yes, reward. And then we take a step away, reward, take a step away, two steps away, release, and then they get their food for releasing. And then we do that at home. Then we start doing it in the driveway, different places, etc. through the different phases of training. Now, um, what you want to be able to do is not have to walk. Now, at first, you will need to walk on top of the bed, point to the bed and say, bed, the dog will go onto it. Easy. Then you want to be able to be a couple of steps away from the bed, point to the bed and say, bed, they go to it. Then you want to be able to just say, bed, they go onto it. So, again, that's the different phases of training, isn't it? That's right. So when you're in the training phase, you can then start making more distance from it. Once the dog understands the command, we can maybe compel them with some pressure on the on the lead to make them do it because- They know. Well, like let's put it into context. So why the bed? What's the point of the bed? I could just tell my dog down, to down anywhere, mm. and then he can hold it down for sure. Yeah. But the point of the bed command is that I'm sending him to a target away from me. So that's a handy thing to have. But also I'm telling him I need you to be in that, like on a down on your bed in that particular yeah. area. It's a practical command. Practical command Give for when f- friends come over. That's right. Yeah. Friends are over yeah. or, you know, the trade is doing something or your baby's running around and you want them to be in one spot. And also you just want them to know when you come into my house, just hang out on your bed. You don't need to be anywhere else. Like what do you want your dog to do inside your house? If you're the type of people that want your dogs to run f- mad in your house and break everything, then go for gold. But at my house, <laughs> I come home, I say bed. Like when they come inside, I say bed and they, they're happy to lay there. I give them their massage and they relax. I'll sit with them. we chill out. Um, and then that's how that is. Yep. Now it does become handy. So when people come over, as we said before, we send them to the bed to say, because your dog can't jump on somebody or nibble on their feet or be annoying if they're on their bed. So that's really good. Now let's talk about generalizing the command because if you only do it with just their trampoline bed at home, they may not associate it with another bed. So go in the backyard, put a towel on the grass, and you and you point to the towel and you say bed. They go onto right. it. You reward them. Then you do it with different items in different places, like in the front yard, doing the driveway. So now I've gotten to a point. So I'll give two examples. One example was New Year's Day. We went to um, the park and had a picnic with some friends. So I set up picnic blanket. We had like a platter of food and baby toys and friends, whatever. And I put two towels next to the tree, and I'm like, go on your bed. Mm. 
on their bed. They stayed there for about an hour and a half. I think they both went to sleep, just laying on the on their towels. And I thought it was time to go for a bit of a walk. So I put Leonardo on my on my carrier, and I'm like, "All right, let's go." So I said, "Okay." The dogs get up. We went for a walk. Half an hour later, we came back, sent them back to their bed. They stayed there. So I now know that you stay there until I release you. So I can't. I don't have to say stop trying to eat this food and don't be jumping on the baby and don't chase the other dog and X and Y and Z. I've told them you stay in that position until I release you. Just a quick segue as well um, with kids uh, and the bed command. It's a good – if you haven't listened to it, um, there's a Q&A that you did. Um, I th- was one of them where you talked about, you know, kids should never be on the dog's bed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was babies and dogs. That episode. one. Yeah, babies and dogs. Sorry, yeah. not Q&A. So, go yeah. back and listen to that because it is very important that the if you have kids – um, like you're teaching the dog to be on its bed, mm-hmm. make sure everyone else respects that that's the dog's space. That's right. That's its place where it's gone, okay, kids are running around getting me a little bit um, overwhelmed, I'm tired or I'm unsure, scared, anxious. So, the bed's for dogs and the play mats for, for babies. And, and dogs aren't person. allowed yep. on play mats, babies aren't allowed on dog beds. Um, I saw a client not long ago where they did everything right. I showed them everything they would do, but we had like an, a year break because they wanted to use their last session later on and they never got to it. And they said, man, my dog's growling at my kid now. And I'm like, this is a big problem. I should come. It's a big American staffy, So we can only imagine 30 month old baby and mm. a big, big dog. Mm. Okay. That's just a recipe for disaster. If she's being scared. Now she's growling. She's communicating. You got to leave me alone. Get away from me. While I was there, um, they did everything. They, I won't say dog's name or anything. They just told the dog to go onto the bed and it was great. But then little one like charged at the dog. Jumped on top of the dog and put like while into a headlock while it's on its bed. Yeah. So now the dog can't retreat. And then while that's happening, like I didn't let the dog, the child fully commit to a headlock. I just kind of like, Hey, come on, let's go back over here. And I'm telling him, look, you got to control this. The dog's doing everything right. And they told me the dog only growls when the dog's on the bed, when the child, and it's not like, like she can go and pat him. Yeah. No problem. It's when she becomes too much and she can't pick up the cues of the dog saying, Hey, I've had enough. I, I want you to leave me alone. They also do have a crate, so they can just crate train, like just put the dog into a crate because the crate's in another room. The crate can just be there and you can just do the same thing. But the regardless, you need to teach a child how to respect it. So the dog's in its position. It's yeah. not jumping on anyone, not stealing food. Everything's right by the dog. Now this is up to the human side of things to fix that. People managing for dogs. 100%. Mm. So now um, that was a park example. Another example, which was really cool, was that we were at a hospital and we were able to bring Nookie with us on special request. And- I knew that when the nurses would come in to do their checkup, I knew that she was going to be a little bit annoying to them. So, like, not annoying, but she would want to like engage with them, right? Yeah. So I, um, I'm like, oh, looking around, like, there's no towels, there's no blankets. I'm like, what should I do? And I wanted, like, I could just put on the lead and just do that, but I wanted to use the bed. So I found a newspaper. I put the newspaper in the corner, and I just sent it to the bed. There's a video on this on Instagram as well. Scroll back like eight months, and I, um, and I got, and I told her bed. And again, never done this with a newspaper before, but she looked around, she saw it, different texture of the ground, so she understands, and she went and laid on it. The nurses came in, did their thing, they left. I said, okay, that she got up. Yeah, because Perfect. you've generalized the command. She knows that uh, anything that you lay out and call that bed, that's, that's right. That's and I kind of pointed to it too, that yeah. kind of helps. So now I've got a really reliable bed command or a placement command where they can go to somewhere away from me. I was sitting on the chair the whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get up and lure her there. There was no food or anything. It was yep. just bed is there. So it's really good, really handy for that. Um, I went to the vet and I told Spades go on his bed and he went on the scale so I can weigh him. So like there's practical sides right, to it, yeah, right? Cool. And um, and that way there I can have a fixed position. So it's a little bit about the bed 
Was there anything that I should add or any questions? No, I think that's good. Mm. Yeah. Good place to start anyway. Yeah. Then obviously you want to get further and further. It depends on how much you want. But the so bed- let's say the dog's on the bed. Um, again, let's talk about just like the phases or, or making it du- more durational. Mm-hmm. Um, so intermittently rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, once then- it's in the training phase and the dog understands what bed means, yeah. it's definitely intermittently yeah. rewarding. And then to the point where you can get the dog to stay on its bed for half an hour, an hour. Yeah. Well, look, like start off by, you know, doing, okay, the three Ds, duration, distance, distraction. So at first you want to build, you want to kind of do duration and distance together. So you may start off by going, I want five minutes on the bed. So set a goal. Yeah. So put the bed close to your couch when you're watching TV. You tell her bed, she goes onto the bed. In amongst that five minutes, you're randomly rewarding at different times. It's not like a set time that the dog knows. And then you release. Then from there, you get up, you take a couple steps away and then you go, all right, cool. We know that the dog now can do five minutes while I'm close to it. Now I want it to do five minutes while I walk five meters. Okay. Or then go into another room. Or move the bed. And then move the bed further yeah. from you for sure. And then you want to use that. So when you're having dinner and the dog's annoying, instead of telling the dog, no, stop it, stop jumping or patting it or for doing the wrong behavior. Yeah. You can send the dog out into the yard while you have dinner or you can just send the dog to its bed and then just feed its dinner. Or give it some food while it's on its bed. So now you're teaching it while we're doing something like family time or we're eating food. And obviously the dog wants the food. Mm. Obviously don't feed the dog while it's being annoying. Feed it for being on its bed. Then eventually that bed can get further away and the dog learns to be calm while everyone's having dinner. So there's heaps of applications for this bed command. It's more so for the inside, the proximity of home or in the, in the places rather than out and about. You can use it out and about as I, as I've explained, but it's mainly for an inside thing. And, um, and yeah, so then increasing that is then going, all right, now my dog can do five minutes while I walk into other rooms or whatever. Maybe when you're still training this, you need to have the lead on. So then if she gets off position, off the bed, you say, no, you put pressure back on and then she goes back on, you continue it. Don't ever go too long and always finish on a positive note. And that's the golden rule of training, right? Always finish a session on a positive note. Always. And that's the best thing the dog doesn't flatten out and think, oh, well, this is a stressful thing to do yeah. or whatever. Um, and then and then proofing it would then mean doing it in different environments when the distraction. So when your friends come over, when there's other dogs around or whatever, you can do that. The recall. Recall. Come. Come when called, right? Yeah. So when, obviously, we say come, the dog should come back to us. And like, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Like, you know, you can save your dog's life by calling your dog to come. And I think that's probably the most important command. Yeah. Um, because... Your dog runs out the front door, wants to check out the dog across the road. Calling her to come is great. Or um, if you were hanging around other dogs or if you know that the other dog's not friendly or if it's about to go to something that you don't want it to or you plainly just want the dog to come to you so you can put on a lead so you can go for a walk. So heaps of applications for it. Um, I guess I don't have to explain so much about the recall. I guess we can talk about how to teach it. Yeah. Um, the best way to start teaching, how, how, there's heaps of different ways. How I teach it is have the dog on the lead. We have food in our hand. We walk in a straight line towards a particular – so let's just say you're facing the door. So you walk towards the door, put the tree in front of her nose, run backwards as a dog follows the food in your hand. Um, the dog uh, follows your lure. You're running backwards. You lift your hand up to your chest so the dog falls into a sit and you reward. Do that over and over again. Once the dog starts understanding what you're doing, you say the word – you layer the word come and then you're, sh- you're capturing running towards me means come. Now the rule is what I do when it come when I do the recall is that it always finishes in a sit. So I don't want to call the dog to come and then it runs to me 
while still standing and I give the treat because the problem is is that if you don't get into a habit of teaching the dog to fall into a sit position is that the dog will come up to you, you go to grab the collar to put on a lead or like, and again, I'm talking about the places where it's dangerous. Yep. She runs out the door before yep. you've put the lead on or something. You don't want to go grab the dog and the dog starts playing this silly game with you or like not long ago, the clients are doing the recall but not finishing it in a sit. So then they would give the treat and the dog will then bolt off again. And it's like, well, that loses its fu- its function. So we call the dog to come. As we run backwards, we lift the hand up to the chest. The dog falls into a sit, but we don't say sit. Um, we want the word come to, to mean, mean wherever you are, yeah. you, f- you fall into a, in a front position facing me. Right. So that's an important distinction. So you're saying come, but you really mean come and sit, but you don't actually say sit. No. Yeah. Because I want sit to be something else. Right. So, yeah. And then the good thing about that is that we've got focus and, and fixed position. And then while you're practicing it, like while the dog's in a sit, start touching the collar before you reward. Touch the collar and then you can then – and always use your release command. So, come, okay. And then from there, we start to now. Now, another reason why we want the sit is that if you call them to come, they may come and then run past you. Then you got to call them again. Or a big dog, you call them to come. If they're so enthusiastic, they don't know how to stop, then they've got to run into your knees and you've got an injury now. Mm. Um, or they jump on you and they do ridiculous behavior. So, we want um, – yeah, we want to have that clear command. Now – Use the word come as a formal command and that's why then we can use like a come on or let's go as a – because people would like this is like, again, this is like an English thing, is that like we say come to come but we also say come to keep walking. So then we don't want to like like the dog sniffing something, come to like keep walking like that, then we're using the word too many times. So whatever word it is, if you you usually use the word come to mean like let's go, Mm. then change your recall to here or – Whatever, something else. Or change that to let's go. Or change the informal command yep. to let's go. So, um, like if the dog's sniffing something and I'm walking, like, let's go. Especially if they're on a long lead or something, we want to continue moving. So, yeah, just really make sure that we've got formal commands and informal commands and your formal commands always result in the behavior you want. With the informal ones, just your language. Like my, so a stay is informal for me and my dogs. If I've opened the door or opened the car door or the, or the gate, I'm like, just stay. Or sometimes I say, wait. So, these mm. informal commands. Sure. Um, again, people can pull me up and going, that's confusing. What does that mean? But like, I, it's just language to my dog. Stay means you just like literally stay there. Yeah. Now, of course, I could tell them to down, but then like my dogs aren't like maniacs and running around. I don't need them being in fixed position. I swing the door open to go grab the bin. Yeah. I'm like, just stay. Yeah. Just relax. Yeah. Wait. Or when I open the door, I'm like, just wait. Let me get the gear ready. We come out of the car. We continue the session or whatever. So, um, and then from running backwards, you play the game where, I'm giving so much info out there, so I hope you guys use this. Right? Um, is that let's just say it's mean. That doesn't mean that you can just like listen to this once and go and do it though. That's the difference. Now you're like yeah. professional, right? Yeah. But listening to this and then watching some of those videos that I put out there or other people's, but in particular the videos that I release is because then this is how I do it. Then when you see it, you're like, ah, oh, there's a progression. That's why I want to try to put as much of the learning theory and connecting it to the practical. I mean, these also allow you to have a refer a client back to something as well. Either before or after you've taught it and say, hey, look, tomorrow we're going to learn this. I want you to listen to this episode or you've just done that session. Go back and listen to this and and reinforce what we've just um, learned. Heaps of my clients actually have been saying they've been listening to our our podcast. So, thank you to all. Um, Anyway, so me and Luke are in the driveway and if it's not like an enclosed space, have them on a long lead or if it's like fixed in the backyard, then you don't necessarily need to have the long lead. We all have food and we put our hand in line with our knee and say the word come. They'll come to us, lift the hand up to the chest, reward. So we start playing this game that come doesn't mean follow my hand. Mm. Now it means come to me. And then while you're practicing in the backyard, 
going and then through this training phase now we want to now start introducing the um, command in the driveway in the sh- down the street in the park around distractions birds and dogs and people and then we just start to proof it that way where we get to a point where come always means come and there'll be times where you're going to get slack and not reward the behavior so with nookie she like and i'll, I'll admit that i she knew come but then i took advantage of it so then i would call her and then sometimes not really rewarded too like too much so i kind of like just stopped rewarding and then one day she was off sniffing something and i called her to come she didn't come like i was getting frustrated and i'm like now that's that's not her bad her sniffing that thing is so much more important than coming to me and probably getting nothing so then i had to re reevaluate what i was doing i then she loves the ball so much so i have the ball in my pocket and she'd be up there sniffing something and like i wouldn't be too far from her and i'd call her to come and then she would come to me. I would use my um, marker for the ball because the ball is like super exciting for her, super high value, and then I'd re- reward her with that. So now since then, the last six months, I'd call her to come and I'm only rewarding like maybe 40% of the time, roughly. Intermittently. Intermittently, but she comes with so much intensity and power most most times when I call her because she goes, maybe you throw that ball. Right? Sapolsky. Yeah, that dopamine jackpot, right? Yeah. So important. So- that was really cool that now I – because, of course, there are times where you have on a long lead, you call it to come, a little bit of pressure to compel her to come, and then you can reward her or just go, hey, like I've called you to come, you need to come. But we don't want to get caught in the point where we use too much pressure and then we start flying the dog. The dog will come to you walking super slow and not excited, exciting to come to you. So that's just not what you want. You want um, you wanted to do it with, with good energy. So, so think about that. And when you're going out and you're still teaching these commands, have your rewards with you. Have food or have the ball or have something that works for you. And um, Primo Frankfurt's. Primo Frankfurt's work good. <laughs> the Don is the best, but when I'm buying 15 packets at a time, yeah. it'll be more expensive. Yeah. Um, but um, Primo is the best. Um, anything else about the recall? Oh, yeah. So, like, you want to know when to use the recall or when to use it down. So, as I said before, when the, if the dog was to run across the road, you would think – somewhat logically you want the dog to come back to you but then calling it to come back across the road dangerous is dangerous for the road so that's where you're distinct going okay when do i what what is it that you're asking to do is it just a reflex and you just say like how many people like the sit is the most common command that gets thrashed and does mm. hardly gets rewarded it's like i rock up to a new client's house and then they're going you can see it you hear it before the door even opens sit come on buddy sit 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 and they're like all right come in and they're holding the dog by the collar and freaking out there's no point giving any command if you know your dog's not going to do it under that sort of yeah um pressure than just like pressure in terms of the excitement of someone coming just don't even give the command but you can use your bed command where we got to open the door and go i'm not opening the door man until the dog's on the bed so just wait for me i'm like that's no problem. We tell the dog to bed. They go into the bed. We open the door. We come in. I can teach that to people, but I just I teach that a little bit different. I just teach the dog, give me some space when I'm opening the door and don't run past a certain line or a buffer zone around the door. But um, but the bed is a lot more clearer for mm. the owner and for the dog. So, But also that recall, you want to use when it's, when it's necessary. You want to make it super strong so when you do call the come, the dog's going to come like very reliably. Um and you always do this on a long lead until you have a thousand percent um, success rate. Then you can take the dog off the lead. Yeah, but um, that's kind of like a safety thing, along with not not breaking the rules mm. thing. And I mean, like <clears throat> like we said at the start, <clears throat> sorry, these um, all these commands come back to safety, isn't it? Your dog's on the other side of the road, down. Yeah, yeah. your dog's going up to an unfriendly dog. Come, 
safety and then convenience because if the dog doesn't know how to follow you, then you're not going to take the dog out anywhere. Like, why go to the coffee shop if your dog's a maniac and takes a table halfway down the street to play with the dog? You know, so we want it for, and that's still safety. 100%. We have dogs too. For fit work, what to we have um, dogs to complement our lives, not exactly. to complicate them. There you go. Yeah, you, you got you beat me to it. <laughs> um, and I'm just trying to think if I could add anything else. I think we're going to leave it at that mm. for today's um, episode. I think that was um, some food for thought for everyone to think so, about. It's a good primer on those three commands. You know what? If you're like time poor and you're like can't train your dog for whatever sh- shit excuse that you got, um, just practice those three commands. Of course, loose lead walking is loose lead walking, and that is super important too. However, in terms of like teaching a dog what a word means, mm. because there's no word for for how I teach loose lead walking. Loose lead walking means if you're on a collar, you just stay next to me. If you're on a long lead, you can f- free time and play. And when I give commands, I need you to do these things. So it's extra enrichment for mind-body connection. Well, the three reasons why we do obedience training, teaching practical skills, mind-body connection, and it's bonding and strengthening your relationship with your dog. Yeah. So if those three things aren't a good enough excuse to do it, well, then come up with another way and let me know. <laughs> yeah. Leave Educate it in the comments. Me. Send right. us a message. Yeah. Well, if you think you've got a better reason. Yeah. So any questions you got, definitely hit me up. Um, I'm more than willing to expand on this. But as I said, hit up my YouTube channel. I've got everything in playlist. And- yep. On Nutris Butchers YouTube. That's it. All right. Beautiful. Another episode. Thanks, guys. Um, don't forget to like- uh, share and review and leave a comment. And I like. I think some people might be a bit shy about writing a review. The best way to um, help us out is maybe just set, if there's like one particular episode that you thought would be useful for one of your friends, just send them the link to it. Just, just share, share it. it. Yeah. So cool, you know. I think that's the best way. Word of mouth, everyone's sharing it around. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't want to write anything because you don't know what to say, then you can just rate it with a different star on yeah. whatever platform you listen to us on. We are... Um, Picking up pace. I looked. I was saying to you the other day. So we had like you know eight days left of January when we're recording this. Now it's the twenty fifth. So, um, like I said to you, probably on the twenty third of January, we'd already for January we'd already outpaced the entire month of October. Yeah. So in three weeks of January, we beat all of the month of October. So we are picking up pace. Which we is are. Great. We're getting there. Not so. bad for a humble little dog podcast. We're doing pretty good. So, we really, really appreciate it every time that you're listening and downloading. So, just keep it up and thanks for supporting us. Yeah. This right. um, It's not just for us just to hear the sound of our own voices. <laughs> well, we are a little bit narcissistic. A I'm little joking. bit. <laughs> we all are. But um, it's mainly, mainly for you guys. So, no, hope cool. you enjoy it. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.